Welcome, welcome back to the show. Listening to In the Zone with Deremy and Jose. I'm Deremy. I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, my tag team partner, Mr. Jose Ruiz. What's going on, man? Hey, well, that's that's the introduction. And we've grown to love. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. How's it going? Good, man. Good. Just um enjoying this 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 summer weather now at this point, man. It's, it's, it feels really good out there. It's not a yeah, the we got a little break today. Yeah. With that heat. Yeah, but it's it is still hot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this hot I could at least go outside in and like not be like get me the air condition right now. Like the past yeah. like week and a half, two weeks, it's like just taking a few steps, I'm just drenched. But today was nice. Today has been a nice day. Yeah, yeah. So it's um you know, I like when it's hot like this, man, I like being outside, man. So I, I try my best to do that. But other than that, man, it's been pretty good, man. How about you? It's it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. Can't complain. You're right. It's still, even though it's been really hot, it's just this is the, I don't know. Summer is the season to get out and do stuff. Even though it's the pandemic is still, yeah, on people's minds. Still, you know, at large, going on, still everywhere. But it's still in a way like. I don't know. It's just something about it. The summer just goes the quickest to me. It just feels like boom. So it's like you got to enjoy it. You got to enjoy it being dark till like nine o'clock and you have sunlight. And, you know, I, I love that time. I love like I just love that. Like, because I know the yeah. flip, I hate it. I hate when 445, it's, it's dark and that just depresses me. So I, I, I want to enjoy this time as much. Because it flies by, then pretty soon it's Labor Day and summer's gone. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that. Like, working from home, I wouldn't mind, like, the wintertime working from home. True. Because, you know, like you said, like, 4.45 and I'm done or 5 o'clock and I'll be done. And, you know, at least I'm already home. Like, in the summer, you know, driving home from work isn't that bad. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's Mm -hmm. nice. It's hot. Like, you know, when you get home, you got a couple hours still. No, I, I, I'm hope I'm hoping I'm working from home still yeah. in the winter, but yeah. we'll see. That's interesting. That's a good point. I didn't think about that, but yeah, you're right. Winter probably wouldn't be as bad. Wouldn't be as bad, but I don't know, man. This has been. I don't want to use the word fun. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. That's yeah. not the right word, but you know how much I, we said it last episode, how much I love this docu-series. Mm-hmm. And I have watched it a lot of times in the past four years, like with people and even the past couple, like by myself, just I'm bored. Let me put on episode two or episode three or episode five. Um, but it's the first time in, you know, maybe with since like, a you know, 2017, that like I'm recapping it on an analytical level and especially with someone else. And it's bringing back the same feelings I had four years ago when I, you know, when this first debuted and it's just, uh, I think that this is something that applies at any time in our history, but especially what's been going on the past few months. Um, it really just, it's, it's like, this is must see TV. Yeah. I, I felt that way too. Like I, I, I was sitting there and, you know, going over, looking at episode three again, especially episode three. And I was like, wow, like this, this whole, like, you know, we'll get into it, but like this whole, like Bronco, you know, 
scene and and was incredible. You know what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. was it was so crazy. And then the treatment he got from the LAPD was in, was so crazy. It, I felt like I was re like I was actually it was like ninety four. Like you know what I mean? Like and um, it, it was it was it, it just reminded me how crazy that this whole thing is. You know what I mean? Was you know so right. No, and I think you're right. Like the episode, you know, I look back and I I love uh, I'm a big fan of Ezra Edelman, the director, and I look back on I think he did a good job. I think this is the perfect episode to bring up the murders. Like if he were done mm-hmm. in episode two, would have been too soon. But I think the first two episodes to get us acclimated with OJ's backstory, the city of LA's backstory. And the OJ and Nicole backstory, it took that was two episode worthy. But we opened right away with three with the breakdown. You know, we look at, you know, June 13th, four mm-hmm. in the morning, and, and a guy who will get very familiar with Detective Tom Lang talking about just in Brentwood, and it's a brutal murder. And it's two people it's Nicole and it's Ron. And. We look at who's next of kin. They go to OJ's house. They see a lot of evidence on around the Bronco. They they think, hey, maybe OJ might be in danger. There's so much evidence, yeah. according to uh, Detective Furman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but they see the glove. Kato Kalen. They talk to him, and they kind of open, but it's it's right on. Like boom, OJ. We kind of get is a he's going to be a suspect and. He kind of just it's the tone kind of goes from there, Jose. Yeah, I mean, and then I don't want to say in fairness, but like when a murder like this happens, usually like the husband is like the first suspect, you mm-hmm. know. And in a case like this, they are they just gotta, you know, like and 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 just for the record, me me and Jeremy are not attorneys. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like we don't work for the police, like you know. So, I mean, I. I can play an attorney if you want me to, but um, <laughs> who knows? You know, it, it, yeah, I know. It was just it, it's, you know, it, it was just a crazy scene, man. You know what I mean? Like going, they they were showing the actual pictures, man, and it was it was it was brutal. It was brutal to look at. You know what I mean? Like it was it was tough to look at, and but you know, I guess that was a part of the plot that they had to show that stuff. I think it's important because. And we'll get into it later, but I do give Ezra Edelman credit for humanizing. I'll say this, humanizing. I mean, Ron Goldman, because the Goldman family has really been vocal since this has happened. So I always felt like I heard more about Ron Goldman than I did Nicole always post the trial because of the Goldman family. And I think he has a good job of humanizing Ron Goldman, but I think he really focused a lot on Nicole and bringing up, especially in these two episodes, the fact that as much of a circus that this trial and the Bronco became, you know, two people lost their lives and Nicole lost her life. And you connect that with episode two, like we talked about with all the domestic violence, you know, um, brings that home that we can't forget that. Like no matter what, how famous OJ is, how crazy the trial, the characters, What's most important is that two people lost their lives and they shouldn't have. Yeah, and you know it, and I agree a hundred percent. And even in this trial, like unfortunately, like Ron Goldman is 
like forgotten about. You know what I mean? Like during this trial, it, it yeah. becomes, and you were saying it, it became about OJ, and then it was about you know they tried to switch it to the race car, then it became about Mark Furman, and then it became about the LAPD and racism, and it just it just it just changed it. You know what I mean? Like the defense the defense team, um, the dream team as we'll get into as well. You know they changed the narrative, and and, and again it, it was it was kind of. I mean, I understand they have a job to do, but it was it was really sad to see that throughout the trial, like I, I couldn't remember it. I'm talking about Ron Goldman. No, he was he was an afterthought in that trial. Yeah. Um, like you said, we're going to get into that, but it, you know, it gets into right away. And I wonder, Jose, you're a little older than I am, so I remember once the trial began. I don't remember the initial like the murders and the chase that's that's not in my i've obviously dissected it read about it seen documentaries seen it but i know you do you remember a lot like when this happened like i guess what surprised me was how according to the timeline instantly the nation kind of went right to as oj a suspect yeah i can remember when it came out and you know i I was young but it you know i do remember it you know what i mean and i I would never forget the the Bronco chase. Like I, I would never forget that. I, I would never forget the press conference that LAPD had the next day. And when they were talking, he was supposed to turn himself in and he didn't show, you know, like I, I would never forget that. And, you know, and, and we'll get into it again. We talk about the timeline and, you know, we always reference June 17th, you know, that 30 for 30. And, you know, that that's kind of why I remember it. Cause there was so much going on at that time in sports and, and, but I can remember as soon as this came out that, you know, they had the, you know, the, the news footage of them going to OJ's house and he was handcuffed and he was trying to like slide away from the cameras, like all that stuff. As soon as you saw that, it was like, holy shit, like I, I he might have done this stuff. Like, you know what I mean? And, and then, you know, you quickly go to like, nah, this is, you know, he couldn't have done it. Like, you know, they trying to, it, then your mind starts racing, then you start hearing all this other stuff, but. You know, at, at first, yeah, like, I, I can remember the news just going right to that, like, you know, he's a suspect, and that was the big news, and that's what, like, became, that's when America just fell in, I don't want to say in love, but, you know, they just couldn't, they couldn't take their eyes off this case. Yeah, it, it, and you're right, it had the drama from right away, because of how big a celebrity and icon OJ was, and obviously, it's, it's a murder, you know. In, in that area in Brentwood, like that doesn't happen. It's just all, you know, double homicide. But it's, it's odd. Let me, before you get to like the Bronco chase, what did you think about when you see, at, you know, you hear Marsha Clark? This is where we first see Marsha Clark in the docuseries mm-hmm. and talking about like the detectives, you know, they had OJ, the one time that they had OJ alone and asking him about the cut on his finger. And he kind of he did give like a, a jumbled name. I'm not gonna say he didn't, but just that whole thing. Like, what did you think about that? Because I, I just kind of find it a little bit strange. I, I find a lot of like the LAPD's tactics and the way they handle this situation are very very strange, you know. And and I guess and we've talked on it like on our last episode on you know how this shows you know, what happens when you have money and, and the preferential treatment that you'll get from whoever, 
You know what I mean? And in, in this case, it's the you know the police department, LA, you know the LAPD, and even that interview, they were like, you know, super nice. It was just like a conversation. And then they asked him about his finger and he cut it on vacation. He punched the glass and then, you know, he doesn't know. And then it, it was just, and then they let him go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was insane. And I was sitting there watching this and I was just thinking like, wow, like while they were talking to him, I was like, man, they're being like really soft on him, you know? And, and then when she was saying it like, yeah, and then you let him go. Like, you know what I mean? And I was like, yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how can you just let him walk without, like, interrogating him even more or figuring out or making sure you understand what happened to his hand and stuff like that? Like, you know, and it, it was just it was just mind boggling. But for me, it's they're not soft. This is my opinion. They're soft compared to other black men. Oh, now, without a doubt. Yeah, as yeah. as so that's the shocking part. As someone who has watched like some true crime in the first forty eight, and or just things when you see with people with money and for like murder or like a rape case get interviewed and questioned, it's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. Like they're not. It's not that in your face all the time, you know. So that's where like I'm surprised, but like. I don't know. I guess we've talked about it from George Floyd episode and what's going on where like that happened to me where I've gotten harassed so much that when like an incident happened and it was clearly this other woman's fault, like a car accident, I had a witness and the cop was nice. And I was like, Whoa, she admitted it's her fault. I have a witness. Why are you being, why are you letting her off? And he's like, what? Do you, what? Yeah. And, and I had someone to point out my experiences were that I was so used to being harassed and being, for no reason getting like attitude that I thought that's what cops did to everybody. And when I didn't see it, it like threw me off. I was like, Whoa, why aren't you getting on her? Like she's in the wrong. Boom. Mm -hmm. You have it. There's no question. Get her. But like that, it was like, Oh, okay. That's how they treated me. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's sad, but that's, that's America for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, you know, cause I, I feel like, you know, and again, this is just my opinion, but, you know, when you have, you know, an encounter with like a police officer or whoever, like, I feel like they almost talk down to you. Like, you know what I mean? Like they just, they talk to you like shit. And I, I in a case like this, where it was like, man, this guy's like super famous and, you know, he has all this money and everybody, you know, loves him and stuff like they couldn't do that. You know what I mean? Because it was just like, you know, if we do do that and he leaves here, what's, you know what I mean? Like he starts talking about it, what's going to happen to us maybe. And, and, and that can happen. I mean, cause I've seen that happen as well. Like people, celebrities come out and talk about their experiences and stuff like that. And, and it's not something, you know, it was not good, you know? So I, I think a part of that may be that they were scared of that. Like they were scared of the backlash. If, if, if he's not guilty, you know what I mean? Or if it's not him, they find who, you know, committed these murders. You know, his, I don't want to say feedback, but his reaction to it and in the press and all that, like, it, it can be another black eye for that LAPD. And I, I think they were really cautious of that. Yeah, I agree. I think that's what it, I say there's a lot of things and I don't want to take away that, like, fame and money definitely play a part. But I feel like a lot of times the narrative is, like, he was so famous and has so much money that's why that the cops could never have done anything dirty because he and like no that's not 
as we see and we'll get into with Mark Furman, were there cops who like, oh, OJ's a great athlete? Yes. Were there cops who did not like that OJ was the man and act like he was the man and was married to who he was married to? Absolutely as well. So it's 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 a double-edged sword, I feel, too. So it's – I believe, like you said, the being under the spotlight – you know, Rodney King is just two years – the L.A. riots are just two years early. I think we forget that. Like, that's yeah. not – it's two years before. So, like, they really are still under the spotlight and still recovering, like, really recovering from how just the, the bad press that they have really gotten worldwide. Yeah, recovering is a good way to put it because that's exactly where – where they were at and you know any mistake any big mistake was going to be amplified just due to not only their history but their recent history and and the recent history is very ugly you know so i i can't imagine how they were trying to handle this man like as cautiously as possible you know but maybe too cautiously and look what happened and what i'll give you know this documentary as well is a the the incredible investigating real because that's what you have to do with this like it's the journalism, but it's the in my opinion not the most important but like of of I don't know how many years definitely the twentieth century like the most famous trial I feel the twentieth century, yeah. but like even in this episode like episode one I think for a younger generation that like we talked about you don't know episode two maybe some don't know the history of L A. But from three on, I feel like everyone knows, right? But it felt so even every time I watch it, like when they're replaying and they're talking about both the, the memorial at her friend David Lebon's house and the funeral, mm. it, it's 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 just tugs at your heart, man. It just really does. Yeah, because then I'm uh yeah. <laughs> Cause that was that was also tough to watch too. Like then you have, you know, OJ showing up and and man they had like pictures from him when he was in there and yeah. they were talking in the and I forget who it was but she was talking about one of the I think it was Nicole's friends or um someone close to that situation was saying like you know she talked to him and she he was like she must, he must have been on Xanax because he was out of it and they showed that one picture from the side and he was out of it yeah like, yes <laughs> I was like whoa I've seen that face before man you know what I mean and it, and he he was definitely somewhere else man you know what i mean and then you know when they when they showed al al collings in 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 the viewing too and you know saying two words and i i'm sitting there and i'm like that family and i'm just like man like this dude got to get the hell out of here like you know what i mean we know how close you are to him like blah blah like i would my right. somewhere else and you know then and, and, and they're going to come up to oj and ask oj oh did you do this like what do you think he's going to say like it was just it was just that was tough to watch too, and I'm glad they had people there that were kind of saying it. Like you know, he actually came to the viewing. Like right, you know, right. Oof, it was scary. It was because it's like I don't know. Because I, honestly, I was I've always analyzed that, and I'm like, that is the mother of of two of your children. Yeah. From what I understand, I know at least with his older son, you know, the Brown family had a good relationship at least with him. So, like, Nicole had a good bond with him and everything. And you're divorced, but, like, still, like, does like does it look worse if you don't show up? You know what I mean? Like, in a way, to, yeah. to, 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 like, step back, like, 
would it be better? Like, I think he, he, I think he's as far as appearing or not appearing, he's screwed either way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think there's one way he can look good because if he doesn't show up, well, that's he's guilty. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, why wasn't he here? It's the mother of his kids, and then he showed up. Now being sedated, I that's a little that's, different. That's that's will raise a red flag for me because I, I felt like, why? Why was that necessary? I don't I don't understand that because again, people who are on like Xanax, in my experience, man, can have fits of rage, and I don't know if that can play a part in everything that happened. Like you, it just you never know. You know what I mean? I just don't understand like why he went like that. You know what I mean? Like, what, not to talk to people, not to have, like, a normal reaction? I don't know. Like, it, it was just, I saw that and heard that. Because you can hear that. Somebody's saying, ah, somebody's overreacting. When I saw that picture, yeah, <laughs> his glasses was sliding down his nose. Like, I've seen that before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and it's just like, oof. No, that he, was not a good look either. He, he, because you're right. Without the photos and the, like, the camera footage, I don't know. I'm not saying I would say she's definitely lying, but I wouldn't like have been like, oh, that's the truth either. But yeah. when you get that part, I'm like, oh, she's not lying. Like he was under, maybe she doesn't know what kind of drug or sedation it was, but he is definitely sedated. And like, it's just bizarre. It just really is. It's like, I don't know. I think that's where it's so sad, but also like a lot of the, the true, because this does become kind of from here on out, like a true crime you know, yeah. documentary, like, I think that's why, and especially in the past decade, that genre has gotten so popular because it is, it fascinates you how the mind works and how, why do you, why do you act this way? Why would you do that? And what reason besides either this or that, that you would, you know, just do these different behaviors. And it's, it just, as sad as it is, it does have a lot of us fascinated. And, and I, I am with you on that, especially with what happens with the chase. AC Al Callings is just really confusing to me because he goes to not the funeral but that private memorial. Yes. And he's speaking at it, but everyone knows that he's OJ's best friend. At that point, you know he's a suspect. And also, it is known, really known, the domestic abuse that he's done. And I believe AC cared about her, but it's just weird. Yeah, and he was in, he witnessed some of it. Like they were talking, they you know, there's reports of them all being on vacation and OJ snapping on you know Nicole at the time and you know on vacation. And it, it it was just that was tough to watch too. You know what I mean? Like and I was just sitting there like man, like everybody's all dressed up and he's in a t-shirt. Like you know what I mean? And some like khakis. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it was just it was just odd, man. And I was just like, why are you? I mean. Uh, whatever. I was like, why are you even there, man? You know what I mean? Like, I just felt like it was all like a show. It it, it really was. And you kind of just see the build up. You see, you know, OJ is having to turn himself in. And we get to June 17th, 94, which it, it, it is. People say it's up there with the Kennedy assassination. It, it's a moment that people know where they were what they were doing when this happened and 95 million people saw this Bronco going down, you know, the highway in LA, but I'm going to say, make this statement though, uh, Jose, 
some of the best filmmaking I've ever seen is that Bronco chase in episode three, like in any genre period, it captivates me every time. Like it's just, and you know how it ends, you know what's going on, but yeah. it's just unbelievable. Yeah. And I, I was watching that and I was thinking, and, and that was another thing. Like I, I thought it was like a great idea to include like the helicopter pilot. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that and they were, you know, they were in there talking about it and, you know, it was just, and it kind of how they were saying it, like, you know, we're going to go now, once he fled, now it became like, you know what I mean? Like a helicopter kind of thing. Like, you know, we're going to go out there and they got the report where he was at. And then boom, next, you know, you see that white Bronco. And I, I was thinking watching this now, like if, you know, if this would have happened today, like all those people out there would have had cell phone footage. Right. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't have been like, it would have been big. It would have been still really big, but just because they only had the helicopter, you know what I mean? Like the helicopter footage and you couldn't see in the car. It was just, it made it more like mysterious and, oh my God, is he going to kill himself? And then I'm listening to the 911 call <laughs> and I'm like, this dude, Al Collins thinks he's like big time superstar. Yes, like, yeah. I, I was like, they were like, this is AC. You know who the damn is. I was like, are you for real, dude? Like nobody knows who the hell you are. Like, yeah. It's, I don't know. And it's such an infamous line and that's what he's known for now. And is and I've always asked people like I remember asking my family I go, why would he know who? Why would they know who AC is? Like yeah, why would they know that? Like and the, but someone said that to me one time like the 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 press when like you know you see Gil Garcetti the district attorney and like certain people are like he was last with Al Cowlings so I'm like is that what he's thinking? Because I'm like no one know you're not famous like you know Al Cowlings especially then could walk down the street. No one's looking for yeah. his autograph. No one's saying, is that, is that AC? Like, no one, no one, no, he's just a big dude. That's all it is. Like, that's a big dude right there. So I always do laugh at, you know who it is, God damn it. But it's just, <laughs> yeah. You know, he, I think I, I was thinking that too, maybe because he knew they were chasing him and then he was calling in. That, that was all my own logic. But other than that, I was like, who the hell does this dude think he is? It definitely wasn't worthy of a, a like snapping on somebody. Like, like it wasn't worth it. You know who I am. Like, eh, calm it down there, AC. We don't know about that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you ain't know the guy in the back seat. We all know who he is. We don't know about you, but it's the way it was set up. Like, I, I think it's just fascinating. Like, even the part in June 17th, that documentary, you couldn't hear the gasp. But when the LAPD commander, like David Gascon, when he gets up there and he's like, he was supposed to arrive at 11. The LAPD is now actively searching for OJ Simpson. You hear that? The whole like media, ooh, like a gasp. And I'm like, oh, like, I'm like, they knew like this is this, this just went from a big deal to like huge, like big time now. And yeah. And I was just going to say, I didn't mean to jump in, but no, it's cool. Like, um, at that point, I remember watching that, and I was like, "Wow, like he killed these people, like you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, because why is he? There's no reason to run or or do all this if, if you know. Well, at that point, the, the chase hasn't happened, but I was just like, "Wow, like he really did that, like you know what I mean? Because again, once that press conference, it it, it, it was everywhere, you know what I mean? And I, I remember just because at first you have your doubts, like why is this famous guy? I mean, maybe you know." paid somebody to do it. I don't know, but you know, when when 
that press conference hit. I was just like, whoa, like this guy really, really did it, man. And to me, it's phenomenal. To, to your point, this is the before cell phones. Like, unless you're really rich, you don't have cell. Like, we see OJ had a cell phone. But cell phones in 94, it's not like everybody has cell phones. It's still, they're around, they're invented, but it's not a common thing, like, to have a cell phone. Like, everyone still has a house phone. Like now, like, a house phone is like, what? You got a house phone? Yeah. But in 94, everybody had a house phone. And to see, like, the clips, and at that point, like you said, there's no social media, there's no cell phones and camera phones. All you have is, like, radio and, like, you know, TV. And the attention that it got, and when there you see the clips of the Bronco driving and the cops are following, but, like, the cars that are parked, and you're right, yeah. the, the, the pilot said it, like, it wasn't somber. That was one of L.A.'s biggest parties, like, ever. Yeah, yeah and all the overpasses, it was people hanging up there trying to get a glimpse and with signs, and, yeah, people weren't holding cell phones taking pictures. They were holding up signs, and... And and I found it interesting too, when they were talking to like, like the LEP, like the SWAT guys and stuff like that. Like they were saying, like, why are they just letting him just drive up like nothing? You know what I mean? Then they show clips of like how they really handle right <laughs> police chases like that, and and how the how the cops just start ramming people's cars, and you know, like that's how they really handle it. But with this, they were just letting them go and just let. I just want to get to my house. Like I was like. What? Like, it, it was just so so strange how they handle everything. It was strange, and it's definitely the celebrity factor, and it's also the, in my opinion, the Rodney King, and yeah. now the whole world's watching, and we really can't recover if we do something like that to this guy, because he's famous enough, he has enough money to really get us. Rodney King did not have fame or money to yeah. really go after. OJ does. So I, I think that's where it comes in, like, hey, like, we know everyone is watching. We we, we can't do anything here. Yeah, they, they and they, they were smart because if they would have – I mean, and then also he was talking – like, he apparently had a gun to his head as well. So sometimes they have to handle that situation a little differently. I get that. You know what I mean? But, again, it, it was just – like the favoritism he was showing, it was just incredible to to watch. Not only here, but at this point, he did it. He did a great job showing it as well in this documentary, especially in this episode. Oh, it's phenomenal! And just you know, having the great clips. A lot of those, I always saw the overhead of like the the, the helicopter flying overhead, and like you just kind of can see in a little bit. But all these different clips of close up, like when you have you know Peter Jennings. And like they kind of turn off, and all these like cars and people are like in the middle of the road, and AC is like navigating that. And then you hear Peter James like, like, "Wow, look, look at all these people here! Like all these people." And it's just like I'd never seen those clips until I saw this movie, and it just always it's some of the best filmmaking because you know what happens, you know the ending, you know the story, but you're getting some great inside scoops that you didn't have. And I think it's genius that you have it where you, he's showing the old clips, but then he has that SWAT like commander yeah. driving down and you're like now seeing it, you know, what, 20 something years later and looking at it from that point, you're kind of going back and forth. Yeah. And it, and it almost gave, it almost, it gave them a lot of credibility as well. 
Right. Like, because it was like, you know, I can hear somebody talk about it, but damn, like, he was actually there with them. Look, he's sitting in the car with them, driving him, you know what I mean, to I, to the police district. Like, I was like, ah. So, I like, it just it just gave their stories. Just, it just, for me, it, like, solidified it. Like, yeah, this guy's not talking shit. <laughs> like, right. He's, he was actually there. And he, he delivered it in a very, like, he gave, like, an, like, like a report. Like like a they like play by play like report of it, you know. We had yeah, to get him out yeah. of the way and get back to the business at hand, you know. Yeah. And I knew I needed to talk to him. Like he gave it like like he's like reporting to like his sergeant or something. Like you know, I did this and that, but it was good. It made it. It was like like yeah. you said, I believed him. I I wasn't like eh. I was like nah. Like I all right. I you know with the footage of going back and then seeing him break it down and then I always wondered. This is a little like weird side note thing, but. They have like these still photos of like when they pull AC away from the Bronco and like of like the guy inside OJ's house to swap. And I'm like, who is this photographer? Yeah, I know. you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm like, how did he get these shots? Like, but I, yeah, I always it, laugh it, at that. It, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, man, that I, I I look at and I'm just go, man, like, you know how they knew how to position right there and stuff like that. But then, you know, that quote when they were driving OJ away from the house from OJ, I, I was like, holy shit. Like the SWAT guy was saying, it. he was like, yeah, we were driving him out of there. And OJ says to me, you know, what are all these, you know, N-words doing it here in Brentwood? Like, mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. Like this dude is like, he's nuts, man. Like he's so out of touch, like with what's going on. Like he's in his own little world. And, you know, he was about to find out real quick. Yo, he, he, he knew, yeah, from that moment on, he knew he was black then. But, oh, yeah. you know, but yeah, that shows to me the narcissism that shows the like we said last episode from that's years of an orchestrated plot to get ahead and better yourself and distance yourself from who you are. Like it, it wasn't by coincidence and it wasn't like it just kind of happened to me. That was an orchestrated plot, an orchestrated plan to do that. And he thought that he thought that, you know, there's a lot of black people in Brentwood. It diminishes my greatness and my mm-hmm. achievement of getting out of, you know, the ghetto of San Francisco. So why are they here? I did that. They didn't do that. Yeah, no, that that's that makes a lot of sense because it, it was just it, it was just a weird thing to hear. You know what I mean? Like, and it just kind of like. It just it just goes to show, and again, the narcissistic like that. That's a great point, like because it, it just goes to show like how gone he is actually. Like, I don't mean like crazy. I don't mean anything like that. Like, I just mean he's so out of touch with himself mm-hmm. that he's looking at other people. Like, you're looking at yourself, dude. Like, and it just it just it just blew my mind when I heard that. And um, yeah, again, it just it just blew my mind. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. No. Um, this is something I've had conversations with people, but not as direct. Like, I've talked about, you know, shout out to my friend Robin. Frank, she's a fan of the show. And we and her would debate about, like, is this the biggest trial of the century? You know, the OJ trial. But I say from the Bronco chase, so June of 94, and then I know the trial which we'll get to next episode ends October of 95, like that whole mm-hmm. situation. There's a lot of things to me that connects that what we see the 21st century and our pop culture, our societal culture now 
there's other moments, but if I had to pick one moment that I think like connects us, like from like earlier 20th century when it was like, oh, like a different time, like three networks, cables, new, all this kind of stuff to what we see today with social media and reality TV and viral. I think it's the OJ Simpson trial. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the, that's like the starting point yeah. for me. Yeah. Like I agree that like, that's the start. This is where it all started. Like the court TV stuff, mm-hmm. like, you know, like the CNN coverage, the 24 hour a day coverage on something like this big, like how everybody was tuned into it, you know, and it, it was, you know, people like not working and they were just watching this like all day religiously. And I've seen people being interviewed talking about, they were talking about how they just couldn't turn this off. And no, I agree hundred percent. Like this, this was like the birth of all of that. Like now what we have now, like the 20 different news stations, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. news channel, 24 hour news, like, you know, this, this started it all, like the, all the footage, you know, the paparazzi stuff, like it was just, this had all of it. And you know, what, at the time, one of the biggest figures of all time of history, you know what I mean? Like a right. sports history, especially. And, you know, in the way the whole country focused on it. And then also like these networks saw like, man, like these people are actually just like all tuned in. They're not turning these TVs off. We need more than this stuff. Yeah. Man. You know what I mean? Like they were putting cameras now in the courtroom. So people, you know, can see what actually happens and can see the evidence. It, it, it was just, I agree a hundred percent. This was like the birth of, of all of that. Yeah. You know, uh, um, because there were, before this, there's other breaking news moments, right? Yeah. You know, like uh, you look at the 80s when like the Challenger exploded and all that. They weren't covered like the way this, like especially the car chase, where that was like, like now we see that, right? A big news had breaking news and like people are there, like they all got their cameras and phones out and they're yeah. all, people are like opportunists and they're dancing in front of everything and it gets replayed and it's viral. You see the clips with that car chase, that Bronco chase. People are there to just see the commotion. And people are dancing. They're cheering. They got signs. It, it, it's it's not like, oh, we are watching a historical thing here or the tragic fall of a star. It's like, no, it's, it's viral. It's reality TV. It's trying to get your 15 minutes of fame. And it really, like, hyped that up. And I think, like, I'm sure people, like, who are – pop culture experts or TV or whatever historians, you can give other moments, but if I have to pick one that like what we see today, it's got to be that for me. Like it's just, it changed everything. Yeah. And my, and yeah, you're exactly right. In our generation, you know, it, that was it. Like that was the birth of it all. And um, yeah. And you're right. Like there's other things that have happened, you know what I mean? Like that, they got a lot of coverage, but this was live, like happening at the moment you know what i mean like live aerial footage it was just it was like wow like like i was there you know what i mean like i I would never forget it like i was watching the nba finals and they cut away from the finals and the finals were they had a little split screen not even a split screen it was just a little corner video of the nba finals and it was all about oj and this chase and you know at first like I was saying earlier, when I saw the press conference with the LAPD and they were saying he was a fugitive, you know what I mean? I was like, whoa, this guy really did it. When I saw that Bronco, I was like, man, this dude is guilty as hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, this guy did it and he's trying to run, man. And I was like, wow, like, I can't believe he did it. Like, then my head turned, you know, to all that. But 
that's how big this was. Like this, this they cut away from the finals, and and we've talked about this before. Like Bob Costas is all confused. Like, yeah. how do we move on from this? And you know, how do we? It, it was just I've never seen anything like that in his and, and before that. You know what I mean? And, and to be honest, after that, like I've never really seen something of that magnitude cut away. And they had to cut away, and they were struggling trying to figure out how to cut away from it, and the you know, the broadcasters were stumbling over their words. Like it, it was just, uh, I've never, I've never seen anything. Like no, that. I, and I agree. I think even if I look at it post, I'm thinking of bigger stories since I'm going to give nine 11. Yes. I'm going to give, um, Michael Jackson's death. Bigger than this. I don't know about that. I think for that day, I, I, I think it rivaled the day that Michael Jackson died. I mean, it broke the internet. It shut down a lot of stuff yeah, in 2009. Like, it was huge. Yeah, I agree. But I don't know. I, I Go ahead. I'll let you go. Well, because I, I mean comparing it to the, the chase. Not okay. even – not like – because then if you combine the trial, that was a whole year and some change ordeal. The chase was watched by 95 million people. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it's insane. I, and, and maybe I'm not saying that I think that could be rival. I think not 9/11 for sure is a bigger story. Yes, yes. I think yes. Michael Jackson's death that day rivals it. Maybe some may say one way or the other, but I think it's on par, at least with it. And I think Obama winning in 08. Yes. And I I think that's really I, I'm gonna give that's it. Honestly. Yeah, I I can't think of anything else to yeah. be perfectly honest with you. Um. Yeah, this this was huge. You know what I mean? And, and again, I'm watching it. I'm rewatching it, and I'm just, it just, I was blown away. Like rewatching it, like, and I was, and I just kept thinking to myself, like, oh my god, like this was crazy, and this was so big. Like, you know what I mean? It was just, that's all I kept thinking. Like, wow, I can't. I, I, I was even thinking, like, I can't believe this happened. Right, like, right. I, I just, I just couldn't believe that this actually took place at live TV, and 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 we were all watching it. It was just, again, like. The words I keep thinking are just mind blowing. Like it was just like holy shit. Like this is actually taking place. No, it's it's crazy. And I I look also have to look at. I like the fact that they do a good job of showing, like because to me before watching this documentary four years ago, I think of it as obviously it's serious. He's a suspect for double homicide, and then after that. I look at the circus in the show of the event and I'm like, Oh, it's just a show, but they do a great job of showing like the SWAT is involved mm-hmm. and they're stationed everywhere. And if he, how close he was to getting shot yeah. on yeah. live TV by not like he was going to do, but just if coming out with the gun, even if it's pointed at himself, that SWAT has to shoot him and gun him down was like whoa it, it it brought this situation home a lot more for me than it always did like looking at it in the past so i was like oh it was just a big sideshow and it was just like he's a celebrity it was like no like he he was close like because you know i don't think that was on his mind no you know I what i mean so and i think like it's it's real lucky that he didn't just step out with i don't think he would point at the cops but like pointing it at himself and boom we see a guy, a celebrity, an icon get gunned down on live TV. Yeah, and, and they didn't want that for sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but you know, in his in his documentary, did a great job, like you said. And you even hear the 
radio, like, mm. like them talking through the radio, like saying, like, you know, do you have like a clear shot if you had to take him down? And then guy was like, yeah, like, you know, if he comes out with the gun, like you got, you know, they, they, I'm not, I don't remember exactly how they put it, but no, it it's pretty like, much that, yeah, yeah, you got to do what you got to do, and um, they were prepared for that, and I. I it's if it would have ended that way, man. Wow. It, it, right, it's it's infamous still, but in a totally different way. Yeah. But it's something. Just then we get to you know OJ that crazy chase. It's over, but then we kind of we kind of get into like the legal stuff, and we're seeing these people who are still infamous to this day, but the real key. The real key players, you know, in this in this trial here, and we we get uh, Robert Shapiro, who is just I don't know Jose. I I don't know the man, right? And I am someone who believes in you don't judge someone you don't know them. Only, a, I believe only God can judge, and B, if I don't know you, I really can't even kind of judge, right? But if you look at anyone who plays like the part of like the greasy, slimy, hotshot lawyer, like, he just has that look to him. Like, Robert Shapiro just looks like, like, just slimy. And, like, it fit, yeah. like, you know, Carl Douglas saying he was a deal maker and he was not, I love that line, not a trial dog with two Gs. I'm like, yeah. I'm like no, nah, he didn't have that look. Like, he looked like he just wants to make a deal and he just looks slimy. Yeah, yeah, he had that, yeah, he did have that look about him, but he was the head, right? Like, they were talking about, like, this dream team. Like, he was the head, I guess. And he's the one that – I don't want to say he came up with the team because that's not the case. But, you know, like, he was the first one they went to. And then he kind of – OJ wanted this guy. OJ wanted that guy. And then Shapiro was, you know, on board with getting all these other attorneys in there. And he knew exactly who to get, you know. And he obviously picked the right guy. Yeah, and I think that's where – he, he kind of gets overlooked, but he has to get credit. Now, he does get benched, you know, and yeah. rightfully so for Johnny Cochran. Mm-hmm. But he did assemble this team. And this is, I remember talking, I'll be honest, to my therapist who has a law degree. And she said she was like, back when she got her law degree, like in the 80s. And she's like, a lot of these people, she's like, F. Lee Bailey and, and Cochran. She's like, Dershowitz. I read about them in my law books back in the 80s. So, like, you know, when you hear that term dream team, they really – that was that's a legend. That is, like, the 92 Barcelona of, like, yeah. lawyers that OJ had. You know, it, it's a lot. Yeah, because they, they, they talked about F. Lee Bailey and he, how big time he used to be. And, you know, when he wanted to do the cross-examination, he was like, you know, no one had the experience I had. And it was just – it's insane to think about, like, how they can just pick and choose which attorneys are going to do what and – you know, and and Alan Dershowitz, like you just mentioned, like he he was, I don't want to say genius. He was great with like DNA stuff, and you know he knew all about that. And 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 you heard the the juror talk about like she was the, he was my favorite attorney because he was very colorful, and you know what I mean. Like and he was just, but then you have Marshall Marshall Clark saying he was just straight up lying, like you know what I mean, while he was doing that stuff, and it, right. it was just it, right. it got really grimy, like like some court situations get and but you know they they knew what they had to do you know what I mean and and they obviously did a good job with that exactly so I think it was really just 
they were overmatched from everyone I've always asked. <laughs> yeah. They kind of had no shot. They 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 really didn't. And I think they were also very naive. I look at it to if you see that you're going up against like this all-time team, you got to be ready for all the all-time stunts. And they just seem 20 years later perplexed by this. I can't believe Johnny was doing that. And yeah. he was doing that, and Bailey was doing this, and I'm like, you have to know they they don't get to. I mean, like you said, like you said, you open up the the podcast. We're not attorneys, but I do know if you're on like a, a high level, you don't get there without. Hey, you're pulling out all the stops. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, no, I I agree, and then you know, like the DA's office, like they were talking about Marsha Clark was this great trial lawyer, and. You know, Christopher, Chris Darden, like, I, I was like, I don't know, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the way OJ's team, and again, you're right. Like, they were great. They were all great attorneys and, and great investigators as well. And, but the way, ah, man, like the way they made this, the DA and all these other attorneys look, man, it made, it made them look foolish, man. And, 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 and that's exactly what they had to do. And, but I'll be honest, rightfully so, because, Marsha Clark, and I do, I thought, I was, I'll be honest, I wasn't a fan of Marsha Clark when this trial happened and for years after. She said comments that I didn't really like, but like, that I disagree with, but she does, she is colorful and she kind of was like, she was a good interview for this docuseries, I'll give her that. Yeah. But her, her naive, that like, hey, like, they move, Gil Garcetti moves it from Santa Monica to downtown to get a racially diverse jury and that I'll be honest, Jose, a lot of people still are mad about, which kind of shows you the unjust way the legal system and our justice system Mm -hmm. is that like for like one time, it doesn't go in like your favor and you're up in arms, you're up in arms and you're mad that it's a diverse group. Ah, Like, you know, like, like, And and Marsha Clark being naive to think like I have a good bond with African American women, you know I could persuade them, and, and I'm like, man, you just don't know, you yeah. really don't know. And, and because history tells us, like the one thing when there's a a case like this that is a lot of race like involved in it, the first thing the prosecutors try to do is move it out of L.A. You know, mm-hmm. they, they try to move it to the more predominantly white like areas and and that's exactly what they did with the Rodney King case. Like right. they just they they couldn't do it in LA. They had to move it out and that's the only way these officers got off on that. And you know, for them to keep this out of all cases, to keep this in LA County was it was a big mistake. You know what I mean? Like by them right from the beginning. <laughs> right from the beginning and it it really also gets me in the fact that, okay, so now Johnny Cochran, and they know Johnny's history, they know what he's done as far as you know, sticking up against police brutality in LA and racial issues, so you bring in Chris Darden. (laughs) And I think that's where also it's bad, like, you really are insulting the jury by that. Well, they have a black guy, we have two, but you know, Carl Douglas is there, so we'll get a black guy too. Like, that's, and you're thinking the jury's gonna be like, hey, now I don't know who to listen to <laughs> because there's two black guys talking. Like, it's like, shame on them. And it, it, just so many mistakes that they made that 
I'm not a I'm not an attorney, but it's like, come on, man. Yeah, it was it, it, it and they, I I love that they they were interviewing the jurors as well, and it, it was just and they even said it. They were like, come on, like we knew what they were trying to do there, and and good for them. Like I, I'm glad they were able to speak out and and say that, even though it was years later. But you know, it's the it's the truth. Like you know, we're not people are not stupid. Like you can't just do these things and expect people just to be like, oh, okay. Like they're, you know, they're giving it their best shot. <laughs> like mm-hmm. no, like this is a slap in the face, and and they paid a big price by doing that, by having Darden on there, and he later on will get into he makes a huge mistake in the yeah. trial, and you know probably lost the case for them. Mm. I I see. I, we might disagree on that. There's a couple things I'm gonna say this. Race had to be brought up, and as an insult that I felt Chris Darden did by saying, let's omit race, let's omit the N-word. Yeah. No, no, no. Why do we, like, and that's something that still gets me to this day, where people were like, yeah, we know Mark Furman was racist, but, no, you that's not a but. Yeah. That is huge. That is a big part of it, a big part of the history. That's why I do like that they showed that, a history of mistreating black people. Even though OJ's rich and famous still, who is he? He's a black man. Mistreating, mm-hmm. planting evidence, doing terrible things. And they have the people on board and the mistakes, like you said, by the LAPD to back it up. So the fact that they, to this day, people still want to just be like, that should have been omitted. It baffles me. Yeah, I don't agree with that either. And, and, I'm glad it kind of showed Johnny Cochran's reaction to that as well. And and people were saying like he hardly gets upset, but when he does, you know, he's pretty spot on with everything. And, you know, and I I agreed with him. Like, who's like Chris Darden to say if somebody can handle that or not? Like, no, like that's, and you said it, like that's super important in this case and in a lot of cases in this country, you know, and for for him to just kind of sit there on, you know, we're not going to have that on here. Like, no, like that's, that was, that was one of his mistakes as well. Like that was the first one, but that was, that was another big one. It was huge. It was huge. Let me ask, what did you think about the tour of the house? (laughs) That was one of the most funniest things I've seen, man. Like (laughs) it it, it was just, uh, I thought it was a stupid idea. Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't remember hearing cases that they do that. I mean, again, I'm not. This isn't like a field that I'm like in love with either. That I, you know, research mm-hmm. or anything like. But you know, I, I kind of like how Marsha Clark was coming off like on this part, like of the documentary, and she was like, you know, I wasn't favoring. I didn't have. I don't understand why they went to Rockingham first. You know what I mean? Like to see his house, and then how the attorneys kind of switched the house around, and <laughs> it was funny when he was saying like. If it was a Hispanic jury, we'd have had a pinata. We'd have had OJ in a sombrero. You know, like it, 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 it just—it just shows you, man, what what lengths these attorneys will go to. But I just thought it was idiotic, and, and, and I just—I thought it was pretty funny, like when they were doing that, when they were talking about all the pictures that were moved, and they see, they show all the pictures with OJ with all these NFL players, and it, it man, it just—it just goes to show you, man, these guys will do anything they can to win a case. Yeah, and I think I like it because, A, I, 
I don't think that like is like for that. It, it's getting an edge, and I think that attorneys and definitely probably definitely in this case did things that were like, all right, that's that below the belt. This one doesn't get me because it is is it's dropping those hints, dropping things in people's minds. Mm-hmm. Is it corny and like, what are you doing? Absolutely, but like, I that's not something I would get up in arms about. For me, like, it's like okay. Like I don't look at that, and I'm like, man, they didn't switch out them pictures. They wouldn't yeah. have, you know. What I mean, like it, yeah. it's something that's like really, but I, I laugh at it because it is planting, and it's also it's a different. All these attorneys do it. Mm-hmm. They're all planting it, and I think it's just funny. And I'll say it: you're just not used to seeing it, especially high profile, the other way when there's it's black people involved, but. You flip it, I'm very used to seeing people plant things and plant images mm-hmm. and plant that had nothing to do with the case, but to portray somebody. And and I don't always just mean what a, 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 the defendant is a minority, even when it's someone white. They're yeah. constantly planting things that aren't necessarily connected to the case, but planting them as a bad person or a, a person who would commit this crime. There's nothing that says that, oh, you did this, so you have to do that. But it happens all the time, but I just laugh because people aren't used to seeing it from this point of view. And that's yeah. where they get so up in arms a lot of times. Yeah, and I, I've seen cases, like court cases, where, you know, it was um, like a white woman and she committed a crime or murder or something. And, you know, you see her in court dressed like a little schoolgirl. Mm-hmm. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's just a to to change your perception you know what i mean and and that's kind of what they did here they no that's what they did here you know and it was a uh i don't want to say a famous quote but for me a quote that stuck out in the documentary is they made oj black mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that's exactly what they were trying to do before this jury and again it worked it really did it, it was something else um i kind of want to ask you about I kind of, the beginning of episode, we did it, but the beginning of episode three, the timeline, do you, I, I, do you kind of remember it a little bit? I know I, but I can break it down, but like, I, I don't have a little bit, but like, it's really like nine, like 35, nine forty-five. he, you know, him and Cato Kalen, who lived in his like bungalow guest house, go to McDonald's, he drops him off. They saw a clip. It was like ten fifteen. Neighbors heard Nicole Brown's like dogs barking, and eleven fifteen. OJ is picked up to go to Chicago. Yeah. Now, what what do you think with that? I, I'll ask you. What do you what do you think with that? Yeah, even him and him and um. Kato Kalen went to McDonald's, right? You said, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to look for it here. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. Like, I, they were met, they mentioned it later on in the documentary, like how this guy did not have an alibi. You know what I mean? Like, so I think it was one of OJ's old friends was saying, like, why would Mark Furman need to plan a glove if he had no alibi? And it was like, like, yeah, like, why, you know, to me, it just like it just shows like this guy was trying to get the hell out of there, you know. And the night of the murders, he's flying to Chicago to try to use that as an alibi, 
I, I thought it was crazy. And I, I don't understand how they didn't talk about that more, you know. And um, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just, again, I keep going back to, like, I can't believe, like, how many things in this case were just, like, just, like, so egregiously, like, this, I don't even know how to, what I'm trying to say. Like, just, like, it, it, it wasn't, like, looked upon even more. Like, you know what I mean? Or talked about more. And I don't know. It, it, that part, too, I, I looked, I was watching it, and I was like, wow. Like, they let this, this guy literally went to Chicago, like, that night. Like, he should have been the first person they knew. They, he was, but, you know, like, then he talked about in his interview, he broke his hand. Punched the glass. That's how he cut his hand when he heard he was given. You know, they made the phone call to him to let him know what was going on. And it, it's just so sketchy. Like it, sketchy is like the word I can think of. It, it's weird for me because, as sad as that, you know, you see episode four really gives you the details, of the pictures, which is probably the hardest part for me to watch. Of, yeah. like you see the pictures like and I've never heard anyone I've never seen those photos I've seen like the the uh, the ones you seen to be episode three I've seen those, but the photos you got in four with Bill Hodgman breaking it down what what he believes allegedly happened yeah that was uh, yeah that you know what tough. I mean that was tough that was probably the hardest part um because you're literally seeing like hair soaked in blood like yeah. you know what I mean like it, it was it was it was brutal and then they the cut wounds, it, it, was, it was tough. I agree. I say it's it's pretty hard, man. We're saying that in an hour and a half, he did all that. Yeah. I think that's where I'm like, that's a lot to act like to do that. That's something that a, a hired a hired killer can do. So like to get rid of everything. To take out two people, and they said that the person was injured. Now, a little cut on that finger, a little cut on your finger is not, to me, injured. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the way yeah. that they had described it. I I wonder, I really do, like, and I'm not someone who is an OJ, a pot. I think OJ, I said, I'm not here to judge. It's not my place, but. Gets no love loss for me. I think he's done a lot of things that are horrible, that are awful, narcissistic, selfish, cold. But it's just something to me, Jose. Like that is something, and we've we've kind of seen OJ was smart with emotional intelligence. He wasn't like the smartest acad like book smart wise, right? Yeah. And to do like that, you have to be pretty smart. OJ wasn't that. And I, to get rid of everything besides a glove, you got rid of all the clothes, the murder weapon, all that, and to, to be gone. And I think the drive is like a 15, 20 minute drive from Rockingham to where Nicole lived. I don't know if he was the guy who did it. I do believe OJ we see how paranoid he was. He stopped by that night. I do think he definitely, I, I there's no way OJ did not stop by and see stuff, something, you know what I mean? Like, I, don't, yeah. I, I would be shocked if like, if we could see a crystal ball and like OJ was like, he never went by there in that time frame. I'd be like, I don't believe that. Like I would have to really be, but like to actually do it, I'm not sure. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's tough because I've thought I've thought about that. I've like I've had that scenario run through my mind as well. Like he couldn't have done this. Like not that he couldn't have done it, but like I don't think he did it. You know what I mean? Like I think he might have had someone else do it, and he knew about it. That's why he got the hell out of there to have that alibi. And but then like they start talking about all the evidence and and all the blood samples and the blood at the scene, his blood at the scene, you know, his blood on the Bronco, their blood in the Bronco, um, his blood, their blood in the in his, in, in his house, you know, or I'm sorry, his blood, like drops of blood in his house. Like, and I was just listening to all of that. And I was like, wow, like, how the hell did they lose this case? Like, you know, like all this mounting, like this evidence like this mountain of evidence man like gloves and and they still lost this case like and, and she and, and and Marshall Clark even said it she's like I've never seen a case with this much evidence against somebody and if I was her I wouldn't say things like that you know what mm-hmm. I mean like I, I would keep those <laughs> things to myself but like it, it's like man like all that evidence man and then what kind of did it for me was this right and this is obviously off topic but like then he gets locked up later on in life, and 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 it wasn't like he just punched somebody and and he gets arrested for like an assault or something like he pulling out guns on people like I I just that to me cemented for me that he he did he did something here you know what I mean if he wasn't if he was there with somebody else like I don't know like but. It's tough. It's tough to kind of like, obviously it's tough because they couldn't do it, but the attorneys couldn't do it. But to pinpoint like how it happened, it, it's tough, man. You know what I mean? But he does, he definitely knows what happened. You know, I can, yes. we can say that. We can agree to that. Yeah. I, I think for sure he knows what happened. And I'm not saying he's like innocent, which is not what he got. He got not guilty. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying he's innocent. And I, I think he showed up that night. For what reason? If he just was trying to spy, if he knew something was coming, and 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 I said that's just, I'm not necessarily saying that he set it up even, but just knew something was coming because of and doesn't justify or make it right. It's still awful of associates of Nicole and Ron's, and if there was some you know, messing around or interacting with people who were of that underworld dangerous kind of, you know, background. If he had kind of heard something and knew some, I, like I said, think he definitely showed up at certain points. I don't know if it was while it was happening. I don't know if it was after it happened, but to be a one man guy to go in there, they say that Ron Goldman tried to fight back. All he has is a little cut to take out two people with all that blood to get rid of all that. And then he just would like leave the glove behind Cato Kalen's thing. Like I could see it where, cause I think a lot of cops do this and you hear about it. They feel like, Hey, this is the guy. There's so much against him. And we plan a little something just to, we don't want to lose this case. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's I, that's what I think could have happened. No, I, I I can I can see that happening for sure. Like, but um, 
you were talking about, like, it takes somebody who's really smart to do something like this. But I would say this about OJ. He was really street smart. You know what I mean? Like, he was yeah. – we, we talked in the previous episode – uh, about you know episodes one and two, like how we, he was like a hustler, like you know what I mean, like how that came up, and even in this episode when other people were talking about him, and you know if you're street smart, you can get away from something like this, but like uh, not everyone, but I'm just saying like you know in general, like, and so that's why I'm just like eh, <laughs> I don't know, like for this to happen and him to have a flight already going out 11:45 that night, you know what I mean, like it. That just sounds sketchy to me. Like, I, like something, I, I like something premeditated, like something premeditated. Like I don't know, but then again, like you can't really predict Ron Goldman going to the house at that time. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's, it's so many variables. Like because then for me, like at first, like it sounds like he went to her house, saw this dude there, and just kind of snapped. Right? Like thinking like, oh, another dude is here. Like you know, and literally you no, know, he was just coming over to. Apparently, to drop something off that she left at the at the her, restaurant. Her mom did, or or the glasses, the sunglasses. Right, right. That, yeah, he he was dropping off in that envelope, and um, you know, and 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 I can I can in his history, I can see that happening too, like him just snapping and going crazy. I, it's it's so, it's so many things like so many things that you can point to. But I will say this: Why would he snap this time? When, as we saw in episode two, he saw her with other guys in the past and saw them in the act of doing stuff. So it wasn't like that was a rare, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because he, he's seen I like, that. I like something that Marsha Clark said in the in court. Like, she was saying, you know, he knew Nicole left him. Apparently, he was trying to get a hold of his girlfriend at the time, and she kind of wanted nothing to do to him. And he felt all alone, and you know, it, I don't know. Maybe something like that can do it to somebody. I, maybe, again, I'm not. Maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe he saw her with an, another dude there and just kind of was like, you know what? I'm tired of this woman being with other men. Like I, I don't know. Like it's just again, it's, it's a touchy subject. It's hard to kind of like say, but it, it's again, it's so many things that you can point to to say, yeah, he that's it. And oh no, maybe it's not. Like it's right. That's what makes this case so fascinating. I I agree. There's a lot of lot, when you think it's a slam dunk, he had to have done it. You hear something or someone points out something that's like maybe he did not do it, and and vice yeah. and it's just all over the place because uh, Barry Sheck did. They broke down on episode four a lot of mishandlings with the DNA, a lot oh, of man. mishandlings with the evidence that like. And that weren't like, oh, well, we do this. It's not like, oh, they do it all the time and they don't know. They never do this in any other case, yeah. but they're doing it in this. Yeah, like the one police officer like that took the blood, takes the blood to the crime scene. And they were like, how many times have you ever done this? He was like, never. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, okay, thank yeah. you. Yeah, it, it, again, this goes back to us saying, like, the way the LAPD handled this case was was – so bad and and they got exploited you know what i mean and mm-hmm. and, and rightfully so as it, as it should have but you know what's key to me and cause a lot of times i think ezra edelman tried to portray this and all that was like and i don't think it like i said ron ship said it in episode what, one or two like the cops mm-hmm. would come by and hey it's oj and they like and i'm not saying that there's not truth to that 
But episode four opens with Mark Furman. They flash back when he's there with a disturbance. Yeah. And when he retells that, he's retelling it with Venom. Yeah. And how mad he was. And he was not one of those guys who was wowed. I'm not saying that he should have been. But he wasn't someone who was wowed by OJ's celebrity. Yeah, definitely. You know? <laughs> you know? And pretty much showed he was ready to beat OJ with that, you know, and get in his face and wanted. Mm-hmm. He he wasn't going to be like, let's just let the. He was, he wanted Nicole. He wanted to arrest OJ. And yeah. I'm not saying that OJ did not deserve to be arrested then. I'm saying. What people don't really talk about, in my opinion, is that Mark Furman has a history, not just we, as we find out with being a racist cop, he had a history and a negative one with O.J. Simpson. Yeah, and and, it pretty, and that's so true, and I didn't even think about that, and that's a, that's a great point. Um, that's, an, that's an excellent point, because he, are, he had history prior to, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it was history that he was not happy with. And I mean, because it was a crazy situation, even at that point, like, you know, he had a bat in his hand and, you know, he must have been hitting her windshield and she was sitting on the car, hysterically crying. You know what I mean? And he and he was Furman was talking about OJ had this look on his face again that people constantly talk about. You know what I mean? That 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 statement has been said by so many people in this documentary so far, like that crazy look in his eyes and that face, you know. But then Furman talked about how he switched again. He was like, "Oh, oh yeah," and then like switches back to the 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 Hertz personality. You right. know what I mean, and and and, but I agree. Like that makes a lot of sense. Like you know, he he had like he had almost a vendetta, almost like you know what I'm saying. Like it it it, it can be only be seen like that. Like yeah. he didn't get him that one time, so he wanted to get him that bad this time. Exactly, and and that's all I say. Do I am I going to put my life on that? No. But will I be like, there's no, like, a lot of people, like, you hear the prosecution, there's no way, no way. I'm not saying that either. Yeah. I'm not yeah, saying that. that either. That's just me. Like, I hear you. And, I hear you. <laughs> and, and, and it's what I think people forget is I know the way the justice system seems, it doesn't, it never seems like this. You have to be guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. I think mm-hmm. people lose that when they talk about this case, there's a lot of reasonable doubt. Like we were talking like there, and that's where yeah. the prosecution, that's to me where they really dropped the ball was they did not hit that. They just thought we have this DNA evidence. That's not, you have to have that reasonable doubt. That's how it should be. A lot, most times it's not in my opinion, but they, I think they just thought it's a slam dunk case and they they dropped the ball. Yeah, even the jurors were saying it. Like, and they were like, you know, I, I, I felt bad for Nicole. Like when they were showing the pictures, but they didn't do a good job making me believe that he did that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just. And you're right. They had the DNA. They had the domestic violence stuff, and they just thought it was going to be a slam dunk. You know what I mean? And they, they were really wrong. Very end. Let me ask you, man, what do you think about Mr. Chris Darden and, we you know, want, wanting that moment? Yeah, I mean, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wanted and, – and I believe it was like O.J. versus – the people versus O.J. Simpson. I think it gets really 
pointed out like how much he kind of like looked up to Johnny Cochran and, mm-hmm. and they were talking about it, like all African-American attorneys at that point in time, they all looked up to him, you know? So, and, and they did a good job also in this documentary pointing out like he was getting like pushed around in that courtroom. You know what I mean? So he, you know, he was trying to make his move. He was trying to have his time to shine, I guess, whatever you want to call it, man. And then, you know, he made a huge mistake, you know what I mean? Like, and, but do I understand him trying to do that? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like he, but the problem is it it just made him look really, really bad. And then they just, they were able to kind of just jump on that and like really discredit him. And anything he did after that was, was, it was going to be looked at not like, not the way it should be. And yeah, he made a huge mistake when it came to, the the race thing, you know, and then with, when it came to the gloves, he made an even bigger mistake. It's huge. It, it's such that the gloves to me really didn't need to have a, a factor into this case. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, it's not. I think a lot of times it gets portrayed that that's what blew the case, and I can see that for me, that's not what did it. It's a really bad look. It did not help, but other things, um, something much bigger blew the case, in my so, opinion. Go let ahead. me ask you this. What was bigger, the Furman stuff or the gloves? Furman, by far. Yeah, I, I said the gloves earlier, but I, no, I, I now that I'm thinking, I, I just, yeah, he, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> because, like, like, the glove, to me, is not, you know, and a crazy hypothetical, if, if you were on trial for something like this, hypothetical, Yes. Or, um, <laughs> yes, or, or, or I'll say me too. Me or anyone we mutually know or strangers, that glove, if everything else, right, that glove not fitting isn't going to be enough for me. Like if you do like an airtight like mm-hmm. prosecution, that isn't going to stop me as a juror from being like, because a lot of factors, the glove, it was soaked in blood, it's wet, blah, blah, blah. So like that's not, I'm not, not going to be like, all right, well, you know, Jeremy's definitely now he's not guilty because of that. He still could be guilty if you do everything else right. Now, you take Furman having to plead the fifth and plead for all those quick to me, any case, you could be on trial for stealing a cookie from the cookie jar, Jose. I and, love cookies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and and if I you know, I'm a juror and the main person, the lead investigator pleads the fifth and it's on everything. And especially on this question of did yeah. you plant evidence, any kind of case, that gets thrown out to me. You have to throw it out. The lead detective pleads the fifth on everything. You, you're done. And he pleads the fifth on the most important question. Did you plant evidence? I don't care that, hey, he's pleading the fifth all the way through. Yeah, I throw out that case. I, I To me, legally, even if I'm like, I know he did it, if you're a respectable juror, you have to throw that out. So that, to me, is the biggest thing. Yeah, and, and it was crazy how, you know, OJ's defense team stopped questioning him. You know what I mean? Like, they even asked him, are you going to plead the fifth to the rest of our questions? He was like, yeah. And they kind of stopped, and he went back to the to the desk or whatever. They were like, no, no, ask this one question. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, man, you're exactly right, man. Like, he, he yeah, that was huge. You know what I mean? Like, when, because if, Again, that's the reasonable doubt. Like, if you have reasonable doubt to think that 
this guy could have, even if we can't prove it, if it's a possibility, then this guy, you know, you can't find him guilty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's, it's, that's so big. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's the whole case almost, you know? And whew, that was a big deal. I, I remember when this came out and, you know, I, I was hooked. I've been hooked on this case. My, one of my first, I remember, I don't remember the car chase. I remember the trial and I remember who I was with and where I was watching him put on the gloves live. Yeah. And, you know, that was a big deal. And I, you know, it's something when this came out, I remember I watched a lot, like, there's a lot of like podcasts and different interviews with different people. And there was this like YouTube show from a live audience and they had Carl Douglas, who was part of OJ. He worked on the Cochrane, part of the dream team mm-hmm. and Marsha Clark. And they were very, I it was good to see they're very cordial and nice with each other. Um, but they said it and something that I don't think we talk about in society enough. I don't know if police talk about it enough. And I don't know of lawyers and judges. They're like, the way it should go is, you rather let a thousand guilty people go free than one innocent person be yeah. convicted. And I heard that and I'm like, yeah, that's how it should be. Like you could say, Hey, you're soft on crime or whatever, but I, that's the truth. I'd rather let a bunch of guilty people go free than if you can, that would crush me as a human being. If I put away someone who was innocent for a long period of time, like, and it comes out like, man, they, they were really innocent. That's yeah. a devastating, and like, that's what I don't think we think about. You gotta find, find justice by any means. No, beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah, and then you see these people who will get put away for 10, 20 years who come out because they were found that they were not guilty, you know what I mean? And they, and, and they, you ruin their whole lives, you ruin mm-hmm. their family's lives. Like, there's no amount of money, like, that they can sue you for to make things right. Like, you know, it, that's how these, I, I don't get like some of these attorneys, these, these like defense attorneys, like how they can like sleep at night, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's, it's a, it's an ugly, brutal, like it's an ugly, brutal game, man. And they, and they, some of them play very well as you, we found out with this documentary. Um, But yeah, no, I agree. Like that's, that's, that's a really good, way to look at it and that's how it should be but it's not yeah you know and it's um that that's just key is just seeing Furman and and to me I don't know and you know now I did not like most of these cops who were interviewed like how they came across at least in yeah. this documentary very cocky very yeah. cocky very biased very vengeful hateful in my opinion and honestly racist yep you know but one thing I agree with Tom Lang on, and I was not a fan of him in things like through this and things I've seen before and after. But, yeah, if you're that convinced, if they ask, did you not plant evidence? If this, if you're that convicted that, like, in your heart that this guy murdered, I don't know. Yeah. Do, do I, I mean, he's going to take the perjury charge anyway. Do I? I'm not saying it's an easy choice, but if I believe that this guy killed two people and I take the fifth and they ask this question, did you plant evidence? Is it not worth it, Jose, to be like, no, I did not. Like, like Tom Lang said, and you take that heat 
for perjury, but it's on the record. Like, no, I didn't plan evidence. Like, at least you go out, you try, you believe so much that this guy is the guy. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. Like, it's so tough, man, because it's like you're. Yeah, I was, I was, I remember watching that, and I was like, yeah, like he's he's exactly right. Like, if you're that adamant that you feel like this guy did it, then right at that point in time, you go, no, like I don't do that shit. Like, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that also goes to like, now we don't want to talk about his character because I think he's doing that. Like, uh, this has nothing to do with his character because he's done enough <laughs> right. to show his character. You know what I mean? So I don't think that. But for me, as a detective, as a police officer, like, like even if I am a racist or whatever else, like, you know, if you're telling me, do you, do you, and it's not that you said, like, in this case, do you, have you ever, like, you know what I mean? And it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, no, hell no, I'm not, I don't do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. Just, just to protect, like, my work dignity, I guess you can put it, like, I, I'm not going to say no to that, but. He was super nervous, probably. He was, and he had his attorney right next to him. Like his attorney should have been like, "No, answer that." Like, you know, right? Like, it's it's it's. Unless they, it, it it was brilliant that they made him act, answer that question. Oh yeah, it was. And, and they showed me. I'll be honest. I know probably a lot of people did not like these guys after the dream team. I'm fascinated by all these guys. Like yeah, I too. have, like and I've for years been reading about him and, and like a lot of them did get roasted Barry Sheck his career stayed well uh, he has the whole like the whole DNA project thing mm-hmm. you, he's the innocent project but like a lot of these guys like Ben, people didn't like Robert Shapiro wasn't really too well liked Bob Kardashian a lot of people didn't like Johnny Cochran I love Johnny Cochran but you know yeah. that's me but it's just brilliant you know it, it, and to me Ethley Bailey was great, and and when he first got him up there, and he's like, "I'm just gonna fillet him, I'm gonna yeah. gut him," and like the confidence he had, and to me, like at first, I was like, "Is he just showing that confidence?" Like now, it's 20 years later, but when he stepped up there, you, <laughs> he had it. It's just dripping off him. He knew he had him. Yeah, and he was setting him right up, and and that's the thing with these great attorneys, man. Like that's exactly what they do. They kind of ask you little simple questions to set you up, and it's like, wait a minute. So you're telling me. In the last ten years, like it was just such a broad question, and and he he knew exactly what he was doing. That's why he said, and I, I was watching this, and I was like, man, like to be in that room with that all those attorneys. Now he was the most probably the most tenured attorney there. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like he and and he even said it like they don't have like these attorneys didn't have the experience in you know cross examining like I did, and he stepped up, man, and he he knew exactly how to attack them. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. He set him up, and, and and it obviously worked out. And then they came out with the tape when he was going platinum on there, like with all this <laughs> racist stuff, man. Like it, it was even Marsha Clark was just had her head down, like <laughs> while he was being asked about all this stuff. Man. Got got filleted. Yeah, got filleted. It was something else, man. And and. It it's. I think that's something like I, we always. The glove doesn't fit. You must acquit. It's a great line. Yeah, you hear about it and how clever it was, and all that stuff. But it's. It's true. Like it really is. Like it's true. Like. 
I, I gotta go with Furman over it. I gotta just do like like. But the the, the, the drama for the glove is great. That, that's great drama and all that. But I just gotta look at Furman as just more important. And it, it, it is true that that's a big deal. It's more memorable. But Furman's Furman's the thing that sealed it. That you gotta say not guilty. Yeah, and and also like from that, it, it's not just because it's not about just this case. Right, like they did a great job. OJ's like the dream team, I just say. They did a great job of like not only like making this thing like a racial, no, like a racial thing, but also like portraying the LAPD's part in that. You know what I mean? And and Edelman does a great job in this documentary as well, like doing that, like setting it up almost for this episode. And that's what these jurors had in their minds. Like it's not just like you know, this guy, if he killed this, like, no, it's like, you know, they deal with, they've been dealing with that all their lives as well. Like, you know, and this is just something that's like on this trial. Like I, you know, I've, I've heard so many instances where, you know, guys just getting grabbed and police officers planting drugs on them, taking them to jail. Like, it's like, you know, you grow up in certain neighborhoods, like you hear that stuff all the time. That's where these drawers all came from. You know what I mean? So as soon as that little doubt, got in their heads like it I, I can totally understand I can I can see how they would say not guilty because you know again this is your experience this is, this is your experience growing up in the inner city this is your experience growing up wherever you grew up at it's like especially again based off this the history of this police department it's just like it's something that's very common you know what I mean and then mm-hmm. as soon as soon as they see that in this case it was over you're right it was over and I, I say, you know, I, and I want to know how you feel. And this is controversial, but, you know, I, I don't, one thing I respect about what we've done is we don't, we always are respectful and mindful, but we don't try to, like, duck the real questions. Mm-hmm. And you see episode four, you know, when they're kind of doing, the, well, Johnny's doing his, uh, the, his closing argument. And talking about Furman and the genocidal racist, and there's a comparison to Hitler. Do you think that's too far? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it, it, it is, it is. Because again, like and we, you mentioned it earlier, like you know, the hitting below the belt type of stuff, and and. Again, I'm not an attorney, so I don't know exactly how you're supposed to do this stuff. But like he was just trying to, I'm going to assume how I looked at it. I'll say like that. How I looked at it is like he was just trying to surmount like like the effects of Mark Furman. You know what I'm saying? Like how how huge that was. And again, coming from him, who was a civil rights attorney, like and coming from looking at like the jury was predominantly African American. Like it was just like. That was the right button to push, though, at that time. You know what I mean? For for a closing argument. It's just like, look, like I understand this is what happened, but, you know, these racist cops, and it's just like, he was just, he was just cementing that, like, that thought in their minds. And, you know, did he, did he go too far? Probably, yeah. You know what I mean? But, again, like, for what he was trying to do, I, 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 I can understand that. Yeah, I, I, and I, 
I agree with bringing Hitler into it because that, that blow the belt and too far, yes, in my opinion. Outside of that, I think especially when you look at what's happened before, since, after, and we can say right now in 2020, he was brilliant when you compare when you heard Marsha Clark and 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 Bill Hodgman talk about the, their closing argument. Bill Hodgman first to me insulting that he said they didn't understand it, <laughs> and Marsha yeah. Clark Clark said it right like, she, like they understood it. They didn't care. Yeah, and. I think she said it right. I don't think they didn't care because they were mean, evil people. I think they didn't care because she just asked, hey, for a murder conviction. She stuck to just, hey, DNA and domestic violence. With domestic violence, we talked about how awful it is. But mm-hmm. look at what Johnny did. He said, hey, let's end the cover-up. Let's stop institutional racism. Which one has more of an effect? Which one is more powerful? Hey, we have this guy to lead detective said, I plead the fifth on planning evidence. This case, forget OJ, because it's true. Oh, this isn't about OJ. No. Why, and why the effects and why the, the emotions are still rabid 25 years later. It's not about OJ. It's about what we've talked about, what the country's been really talking about this past month and some change now. What you and I off the air have talked about since we've known each other, that institutional racism. And that's the effect that he had. That's what he brought up. That's what he put on people's minds in that juror and really around the country. Black people did not have a connection to OJ. Wasn't the uh, even you see the the juice is loose. The connection was that love, and they galvanized behind Johnny Cochran. Yeah, I think so too. Yep, that's where it came from. OJ, black people knew then. Black people knew back in the eighties what OJ was about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm gonna be honest. Jim Brown back in the eighties talked about how sad OJ is and how he's lost. Like everyone, that wasn't a secret in the black community. Having Johnny Cochran and having him bring home the point that, yes, you guys have I've been fighting this at that point for 30 years. You guys have experienced it. It keeps happening. We just saw with Rodney King without having to say these words. Mm -hmm. We just saw, hey, you have a chance that a lot of people wish they had to put a stop legally to institutional racism. And now forever, no. But in this case, you have a chance to. That's the powerful effect, in my opinion. And that's where I say, could he have done that and not have to say Hitler? Yes. But but I'm with you. I get why he did it. Was that a low blow with Hitler? Yeah. But that's powerful. And people and to see Marsha and then be like, they don't get it, or God, I'm so offended. Yeah. To me, it's like you're missing the point. You don't get it. And, and and that's the magnitude of having the jury from LA County. Because mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know if this defense works if they have it outside of LA. Like probably not. It, it probably doesn't. And and again, he knew exactly like they knew as soon as they had the jury, they knew exactly you know what angle they were gonna, you know, use and you know, and, and they and Mark Furman helped them out tremendously with that. 
and especially when they, you know, they started playing the tapes at court and stuff like that. And and just like a great attorney would do, he wanted he wanted to leave that impression in their minds. Like, look, don't forget, you know what I mean? Like how racist these individuals are. And and you're exactly right. Like these jurors probably felt like, you know what? Like we don't. I don't want this to happen to this guy again. I don't want this. I don't want the court system to get over another African American male. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it just they he painted that picture. You know what I'm saying? He mm-hmm. and you're exactly right. He gave him that opportunity to to change it at least for this one time. And and obviously we'll find out. Like that's that's exactly what happens. And 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 now don't get me wrong. As much as you know where I stand on all that, if you have nothing to get them on it's a Hail Mary shot. And even though it's yeah. like, oh, those points are true in reality, and nothing to do with the case. But that's like, to me, the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. You know, due to their hard work slash the, the prosecution bungling it and Furman just being bad and LAPD being bad, they had enough to already just boom, 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 just shady stuff, shady stuff. Yeah. Low down dirty, low down dirty. And to bring it home, and and it's something I think you know. Hey, kudos to OJ. He got Bob Shapiro, and I I kind of always wondered like if you you're on trial for murder because Bob when he gets that clip where you see he like you mentioned earlier he's in cuffs before he's like taken in and he ducks. Bob Shapiro's not his attorney at that time. No, no. So I always wondered then, like, if you're going up for this, why are you getting a guy who is a deal maker, you know? Mm -hmm. But I give credit that Shapiro went out and got a lot of people. But I think the credit ultimately goes to uh, OJ and making that switch and saying the lead attorney needs to be Johnny Cochran. Yeah. No, and and they talked about how much he was spending. It was like 55000 a day. Like and how long did this trial go on? Like a, a almost a year. Like I think like, oh, like over a year or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, and, and it not to like change topics, but no, it's cool. I, I liked how the episode four they talked about like OJ was trying to like you know gather more income. You know what I'm saying? So he started doing all the graph signings, like all he's signing all this memorabilia and. It, it, it was just kind of like wow, like he kind of knew he was in, like he was going to have to make a lot of money to, 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 to buy his freedom, I guess. You know what I'm saying, for lack of a better term. And no, he was buying. He was trying to get his freedom. Yeah. So <laughs> You're right. It's, so it's like it, this. This this documentary was so good. Like you know what I mean. Like it, it just got so deep into the situation in this case, and you know, I this episode four showed like. Like a lot of them, these two episodes, episode three and four, like it, it showed so many mistakes prosecution made, LAPD made, you know, and and it was just exploited. And, you know, you can't take away, like, uh, and again, like, uh, it sucks. Two people passed away from this. You know what I'm saying? Two people were killed from this. But, you know, not but, but it just, like, what I'm trying to say is, like, the, the, the brilliance of the, the dream team, like all of OJ's attorneys, was was it was impressive to see, to be honest with you, and and it was just and it was portrayed beautifully in his documentary. No, I I couldn't agree with you more, and and I think he did the inevitable task of still 
keeping in mind that people lost their lives and mm-hmm. he didn't make this documentary Ezra Edelman didn't make it a all about the circus once he got to the part of the trial which in reality did become a circus when yep. you're watching it now whether you're reliving it or if you were you know too young or weren't born and you you get it like wait a minute let's not forget people died from this yeah. did it become a circus and how crazy it was and ridiculous that it became that show that too because that's a part of the story that's a part of history but remember that people lost their lives here and it's um it it I just want to make sure I say this right, but it's still something to me that it shows just how flawed and how long mm-hmm. we still have to go that what have we learned really? I think if like what lessons we've learned from that, that trial, that whole ordeal from June 17th. Now, I think the only thing I think people have learned is if, if a celebrity is on trial for something don't let them just go down the freeway like like like, like as a as a, a, a escort that's yeah. the only thing i think if this god forbid were to happen now would be different everything else sally i think would still be the same i still think we would lose track of the victims i still think it'd be a reality show we see it being mocked on saturday night live and the tonight show and all these other things and and it becomes just these these lawyers and the judge become stars and and People just get obsessed with what Marsha Clark is wearing, what Johnny Cochran's wearing, what this person's wearing. I don't think it would change, and that's the sad part. Yeah, and it, and and recent history has in 2020 has shown us that it really hasn't changed. You know what I'm saying? Like it just what the only thing that's really changed is just now, you know, police officers or whoever, like uh, like there's more ways to get caught now. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like how everybody has a camera and, you know, we can all we'll always record stuff. And I think that's the only thing that's changed. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and I, I was thinking this too. I was finishing up episode four and I was just like, wow, like institutionally wise, like nothing has changed. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, it, 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 and it's, it's the same stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, you know, we still have police officers. We still have you know, congressmen, we still have whoever, like, still going to court and still getting off, you know what I'm saying, for things that a lot of people think they're guilty for, you know, and it's just, and I don't, and again, I I just don't think it's going to ever change, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just just think it's so deep-rooted in the system that in order for it to change, you would have to just, like, just change the whole system and that's never going to happen yeah and in order for the change just like we've we've been talking like you know you and i and you know i have a lot of people um we people need to sit there and say and take their ego out and say wow yeah i'm a part of this even indirect like we've seen all these things happen and we did nothing and this is why blank happened. And you can look at mm-hmm. it. There, it, it. This OJ's was building up for 30, 40, 50 years in L.A. Yeah. Of what happened. And to this day, no one sits there. A lot of people don't sit there and say, yes, you know what? Despite if I think 
on a personal basis, if he did it or he should be guilty legally, what happened, he should not be. He should be found not guilty. And we need to look at it and say, why? Why is it a big deal that, hey, we shifted, you know, from whatever, like Brentwood to L.A. County? Why is it a big deal we did this? Why all these things are happening and we need to address and say we need to make change? No, it becomes to this day, you bring up O.J., it's venom and it's finger pointing. Mm-hmm. He did it, blah, blah, blah. And no one wants to like take that down and check the ego and say, why did OJ happen? Why, why was that going on? Why where's that divide? Why are you mad that, hey, there's this racist cop. He's perjured on the stand, said, I plead the fifth on planning evidence. And you still are so mad and so venom driven. You ignore all that and still say he should have brought in jail forever from this. Yeah. And that's not addressing, well, why did this happen? Why don't we look at, like, wait a minute. What's wrong with the police system? Yeah. You know? What's yeah, wrong with all this? Like, if they're planting evidence, you know, like, I, what's I, wrong? Yeah, and I was just going to say, like, and people, and I, I agree 100%, like, like people's reaction to this, like, because it was two different reactions, in my opinion, at this time. Like, I can remember, you know, the minority reaction was like, "Oh, he's not guilty." Like, you know what I'm saying? It was just more for it was more people rooting, to be honest, like for the minority to not go to jail again. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though if he did it or not, like, I'm not here to prove that. Like, that's not what I'm here to do. But what I'm saying is, the perception was. It was like people were just – and they showed it here. People were outside the court and, they, oh, why you don't think he's guilty? Because he's just not. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's, one, there's one African-American woman they were trying to interview her. She was walking away. And the guy said, oh, you don't think he's guilty? She said, no. He said, why not? She goes, because he's just not. She has no clue if he's not all right. Like, if he's, he's guilty or not, she just knows that – and I'm not trying to speak for her, but I just kind of felt almost the same way at that time. Like, it, it's more like, you know what, like another – African, another minority, like just going to jail because of the system. You know what I'm saying? So it became more that, like, people were defending not what he did, just the system and, like, how it was one person, one minority who had enough money, who had the, the resources to guess what? To be found not guilty. You know what I'm saying? Then you had the other reaction of, with non-minorities non, non who, not all, but I'm just saying, I'm just in a general statement, like, who were going crazy. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, he should be going, he should be, and they, they, not in this documentary, I saw another documentary, I can't remember the name of it. There were so many <laughs> of documentaries based off of this trial, and like, they were showing reactions of people arguing back and forth outside of courts, like, it was like African-American men and white women, like, it was just it was really ugly, you know what I'm saying? And it just, again, it just shows, like, how deep-rooted, like, this race, this race, racism is, you know what I'm saying? And and that's that's what I always remember about this. Like, just, like, the, and you talked about the circus and, and, and how this all played out. But also what sticks to me is, like, the reaction. Like, just the reaction mm-hmm. from certain races like you know what i'm saying from different races and how it's portrayed on one side and on the other it's just it's amazing 
And it's always, like you said, a hot button topic. Like if you, you want to bring this up, you're going to have different opinions on this and, and it can get ugly. I've seen it get ugly mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying on TV and, and by in, with the interviews and, you know, it's, it's, but again, it just goes to show like, like the, like you talked on like the institutional racism. It's, it's, and it's, it's 2020. This happened in 1994 and it's, it's, it hasn't changed. Not one bit. No, no. And uh, I just want to say, I think, I don't know if you planned it like that or thought, but I give you a lot of credit, man. Like, you know, when this came out four years ago, obviously you watched it one at a time. Um, but I think it's really good, like, to do these episodes. Like, to, one and two fit so well together. Mm-hmm. Three and four do, and I think five does stand alone as like icing on the cake, and boom, we can kind of wrap the whole thing next week together. Like, but like if we did like episode one, I mean, they're all were great, yeah. but it's it's not the same impact as when you combine one and two, or you put three and four. Like, they go like hand in hand with the with you know the whole narrative. Right? So I give you a lot of credit for you know you suggesting let's do one and two together. You know that was really good. Yeah, because I, I just felt like one and two set up three. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was like one and two set set up three because three was so powerful. It just it, like those two just set three up, and then four just added almost was like piggyback and obviously often off of three and in setting up five. You know what I'm saying? So I'll take credit. That's fine. Uh, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> hey, teamwork makes the dream work, man. Oh yeah. But hey, any last thoughts on this before you put a bow on three and four? No, I just it again, like rewatching it again and again. This is not the first time I've rewatched this. It, it just, just the feelings I've got rewatching it, it, like and how crazy this was. And I don't mean just the, like the circus with the media and stuff. Like just in general, how this whole story. Like I was watching it again, and and it brought me right back to '94. Like, I, I just felt like I was there watching it live. And I just kept saying, and I mentioned it earlier, I just kept saying to myself, like, I can't believe that this happened right before our eyes. Like, this whole thing. Like, I, obviously, except the murders. But, like, the, from from the LAPD press conference until he was found not guilty, it was just right there in front of us. And, I, mean, I, I still can't believe this happened. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's, it's that insane to me. But... Um, I don't know. I, I'm just glad that this documentary does a great job on showing like that deep rooted like institutional racism that happens when the court systems, what happens with you know like yeah you know, authorities, wherever you want to say. You know what I'm saying? Like I just it's a touchy subject, and I feel like we've been on some touchy subject stuff lately. But again, these are conversations that we have to have, and um documentaries like this kind of pointed out and, and make this conversation a little easier. So mm-hmm. um nah, this is this has been a great documentary to watch again. Yeah. No, and um you know, thank you to everyone for, you know, listening, oh, supporting. Yeah. Please we got the Twitter page up. So if you wanna uh you know have any comments, suggestions, any what are your thoughts on on this uh episodes three and four or the documentary so far and and just whatever how it relates to now or where you were at when this all happened and these these crazy moments in history and pop culture history happened just write us on you know in the zone at on twitter at in the zone 2021 
So in the, at end the zone in two thousand or two zero two zero one. So you can you know we'll retweet and all that stuff. But can't wait to get to uh, the fifth and final episode. And really excited to get we could kind of put a bow on everything. And I got some mm-hmm. got some questions I think for next week for you, Jose. You know we just uh, pandemic we we broke down a, another docu series, and I think yeah, it'll okay. be fun to compare and contrast. Yeah, here we go. Let's do it. Let's do it. I can't wait, man. So, nah, man. For uh, for the man that missed the legend, Mr. Jose Ruiz, <laughs> I'm Jeremy Dove. As always, it's been a pleasure. Y'all have a good night. Peace.